Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to Electric Leftovers. This is episode 236. Bling blong, pling plong, phone blong. Welcome to the show. My name is Jason, a.k.a. Jimmy, the pantless wonder. It is so hot right now. I, I wish I did not have at least one pair of the two pair of pants I have on right now. Too much information? Probably. But that's also why you're here. How we doing? It's Electric Leftovers, the show in which we talk about the same things we do every night, Pinky. Uh, what do we have that's new since last we spoke on that fine August afternoon, morning, evening? I don't know. Uh, let's see. What the heck day even was that? Oh, that was that day. Okay, we have... Uh, stuff from Jade, DuckTales Remastered, and Leisure Suit Larry, Love for Sale. We also have Darkest Dungeon from Scarlet. Coolio added some Super Mario Land 3. That is old stuff to the website, but I wanted to watch it, and it wasn't there. And so he added it, because I screwed that one up. And uh, from me, Dragon Warrior 7 has begun. Fragments of the Forgotten Past. It is the next step in the Dragon Warrior Final Fantasy 7 Let's Play thing. It is the one and only Dragon Warrior game, Dragon Quest game, whatever, on the PlayStation 1. And uh, it's a long one, folks. Uh, I'm doing two episodes every other day, and it's still going to take us a couple of months to get through it all, so expect that. Continuing on, we have some more Grand Theft Auto San Andreas radio station soundtracks, and we have the continuing 365 days of the Super Nintendo, featuring things like Saiken Densetsu 3, Spectre, and SWAT Cats, the Radical Squadron.
fly against the evil empire as Luke Skywalker, co-founder of the Rebel Alliance's elite rogue squadron, you must combat the evil galactic empire. Engage in intense, fast-paced planetary air-to-ground and air-to-air missions, dogfights, search and destroy, reconnaissance, bombing runs, rescue assignments, and more. Pilot X-Wings, Y-Wings, A-Wings, V-Wings, Snowspeeders with powerful weapons in over 15 missions, battling TIE fighters, TIE bombers, Imperial shuttles, AT-AT walkers, AT-STs, and other challenging foes. It's a Star Wars Rogue Squadron, developed by Factor 5, published by LucasArts, released in 1998 for the Nintendo 64. And I hesitate to say that this is my favorite Star Wars game. I really, really like this game. I It just ticks all the boxes for me. This was a monthly, by the way, for December 2015. Wow, that long ago. Four years almost. And uh, yeah, I've, I really like Rogue Squadron. I have the sequel. I haven't gotten around to play it yet. The only Star Wars game that might come close to being this good for me is probably Lego Star Wars. It's hard to beat Lego Star Wars. But it's got it, the flying missions in Lego Star Wars are obnoxious. Rogue Squadron is nothing but flying missions, and they're almost all pretty good. Here I was worried after the long freaking day I had, we'd be here all day doing the show, but we're, we're running through. Oh boy. <sighs> Crap, what do we do? All right, we're going to do that one. We're going to do that one. Uh, I, I mostly do... How do I tell you this without spoiling it? I'm, I'm not. We're just going to start with this one. And I mostly do reviews from this person um, because a lot of people think that Jason, he doesn't like anything. Well, let me tell you something. Uh, there is one person that likes things even less than I do. And he is here to bring us big three-dimensional deal. A Star Fox review by Officil. Please give. Originally reviewed October 2013, I never did understand what was so damn good about this game that it created such a strong fan base. Okay, I've seen a lot of cult classics in my time, but even when I didn't like a game, I would be able to understand why some people like it, at least to a certain extent. Star Fox, though? I don't freaking know! Gameplay 5, replay value 1. 
Star Fox is by all means just a simple shooter where you shoot your bullets towards your enemies while avoiding theirs. That is it. There's no innovation here, nothing special or worthy of mention. It's just a plain flight simulator where you shoot stuff. It's just 3D. While you would think that a 3D game on our humble SNES would be marvelous, it isn't. Excuse me, let me reread that because of where he put the punctuation. While you would think that a 3D game on our humble SNES would be marvelous, it isn't. Because not only it doesn't introduce anything new, K-N-E-W, but it's also quite flawed. Wow, that is... He is so angry at Star Fox. I picture him just like... You guys don't even know! You know what I mean? Uh, first, as levels go by, you won't be able to make out what's going on in the screen. Everything apart from the background is polygonal, but extremely simplistic, making it hard at times to understand who is your enemy and who is your ally. It's hard to avoid bullets, and it's hard to see what you're hitting with your weapon. Um, I'm fairly certain. Don't, don't the allies in this game have the little bling bling above their head, or is that in the next game? And when you hit something with your weapon, it goes kaboom. So, another problem with the game lies in the controls. While they are easy, they are a tad slippery and non-responsive, making it extremely hard to keep your spaceship steady or control it with absolute precision. Huh, weird. It's like you're in a frictionless environment. Slippery. Spaceships. Huh. The thing about Star Fox, though, is that even without these problems, it's just a boring game. You just shoot stuff, and I can guarantee that it's no fun at all. Furthermore, while we have three paths with different levels to choose from, nothing really changes or adds to the replay value. Nothing changes except the levels! I'm getting mad. I don't even think Star Fox is like, oh my god, this game is perfect. But you're just getting stuff wrong on purpose now. Uh, I need to look at something. I need to look at something. I know we've looked at this before. Bear with me. All you do is shoot stuff. That's all. That's what he says, right? All you do is shoot stuff. So let's take a look. Let's take a look. We're looking at some of his other other uh, reviews. He gave Adventure for the Atari one star. R-Type, two and a half. Game Boy R-Type. He liked Wario Land enough to give it three and a half stars. Doom on a GBA, two and a half. He liked Metroid Fusion enough to give it a four. Tetris DX so far is his favorite game. Oh, nope, Alien Soldier. But all you do in Alien Soldier is shoot stuff, man. He gave Alien Soldier and Tetris DX four and a half. Kirby's Adventure got a five. Ocarina of Time 3D Legend. It's just Zelda in 3D though, man. Haven't you heard? He gave that a four and a half. Diablo 2 got four and a half. Cave Story got four and a half. Doom 2 got four and a half. Oh, Doom got a five. Doom is as good as Kirby. Heretic is not as good as Doom. 
Mist is not as good as Kirby. Starcraft got five. Perfect, you betcha. All you do is shoot stuff though, man. Warcraft three got five, but Warcraft two only got three and a half, buddy. Chrono Cross, he gave two and a half. He liked Final Fantasy seven, did not like eight. Legend of Mana, one and a half. Wow. I, I'm getting side-railed here, but my goodness. He thought Actraiser was boring. Chrono Trigger was one of the best games, but only worth four and a half. His Clock Tower review, he gave it three and a half, but somehow that got a star, which means what again? Highest rated review. Didn't like Final Fight 1 or 2. I thought 3 was better. Didn't like Illusion of Gaius. It was too much like Zelda, even though it's not really anything like Zelda. Wow. You are all over the place, buddy. Anyway. Graphics 6.8, design 6.2, sound 6.5, music 7.2. Does the score trouble you? Well, no matter what people have told you or what you might think, the graphics of the game are somewhere between average and good. You hear that? What you think is wrong. Officil is the only... Officil is the light and the truth. They are certainly not bad, but they also aren't the best graphics ever. Like most people think. Nobody thinks Star Trek Fox has the best graphics ever. Find me one person. You won't. This game uses the famous Super, Super FX chip in order to create real 3D models, but no matter how excited does the idea of three dimensions in an SNES make you, it doesn't mean that it exactly looks good. The 3D models are very simple objects, usually with less than 15 polygons, resulting in some average looking and devoid of any personality scenes, where distant enemies are just a bunch of ugly pixels and buildings just a bunch of large boxes that look out of place since. Since what? The otherwise nice background is a good old 2D image. Furthermore, there will be many times when you won't be able to tell what is what or where your bullets land. The sound effects are pretty stock, but fortunately the music is a lot better, although, like the rest of the game, nothing really special. Pros, none. Cons, boring gameplay, flawed controls, 3D and SNES don't mix. Also play, Ace Combat 2 for the PlayStation, Star Fox 64 for the N64. Hey, if you thought my review of Star Fox was spot on, you should try Star Fox 64. I will never understand you, Officer. By all means, a very boring game of no importance other than the 3D and the SNES gimmick. Just leave this game to collect dust and put in your good old Super Mario World or Legend of Zelda cartridge in to have fun. Rating two and a half. No importance whatsoever. Star Fox. I need a drink. Okay. The first game where we got to do a barrel roll. This one's by Zylo. He always makes us feel better. And this one's a long one. The Super Nintendo got quite a few strange games that managed to become games that many bought and have a precious memory to. 
Just to pick one is Mario Paint, which was just an ordinary paint game where you could paint Mario and Yoshi in different colors, make a few animations, and a quick melody. Maybe it was because it had Mario, it was successful. A completely different game that also was destined to be a crappy game that still managed to sell a lot and even become a popular series was the first Star Fox game that had something called a Super FX chip. I missed you, Zylo. The game is known as Star Fox in both Japan and North America, but over here in Europe, Nintendo... Europe Nintendo, because punctuation matters. Europe Nintendo feared lawsuits since over here there was already a game on Atari 2600 called Star Fox. Another theory is that there's a European company called Star Vox, so Nintendo changed the name to avoid confusion. However, the only differences between the versions is the title screen, and nothing else like many other games at this time who got the German censor over here in Europe. The game takes place in the Lilat system, which is a far as I can tell a high technology galaxy far away from our and instead of humans, different animals are intelligent enough to pilot big battle spaceships called Arwings. Whew. The evil Andros have launched an attack against the planet Corneria, as well as all the other planets in the galaxy. To counter this, General Pepper have hired the elite space squad Starfox to reach the planet of Venom and destroy Andros. The leader of this group and the character who you play as is Starfox, and his three teammates are Peppy Hare, Slippy Toad, and Falco Lombardi will do their best to help him to defeat Andros. The first thing you do after that you've pushed the start button on the title screen is to select how you want the controls to be. There are four different types of controls and it's important that you pick the one that you think feels good, since the key to beat this game is to handle your R-Wing and avoid all the enemy attacks. I suggest that you try to this training stage at least once before you actually begin the game just so that you are certain that you've chosen the correct control. Love these long sentences. I'm sorry Xylo, finally! There one more choice you have to do before you begin the game, and that's to select one out of the three different routes you want to reach Venom. In most other shooters, you can select the difficulty by going to the option menu, and the harder the difficulty is, the less life you got, the faster the enemy gets. E, T, C. Not etc. Letter E, period. Letter T, period. Level C, comma. But not in Starwing. Wait, what's Starwing? <laughs> Instead, each route has its... It is own difficulty, and all three routes got it is unique stages except in all you start at Corneria and your destination is always Venom. This gives the game some replay value that you have to at least play through the game three times in order to have played on all stages. Xylo, you are wrong. Officil said replay value is one and didn't explain why. Starwing is unique in that it's one of the few Super Nintendo games that actually is in 3D. Starwing again. That's what it was called in Europe. I'm picking on him. Which is all thanks to the Super FX chip, which I mentioned before. You control Star Fox while he's piloting his R Wing, and your mission is to shoot down all the enemy spaceships and avoid all their attacks to reach the goal of the stage, which ends with a boss fight. During the whole game, your three teammates will pop up and talk to Fox, and also might blow a few things up when they appear. Just make sure that you don't aim on them instead of the enemy. After each stage, you will see how many percent of the enemies you killed, and also well, how well your teammates managed to survive. Based on this, you will get a score. There are a few ways that you can control your R-Wing in order to avoid the drive right into a wall or avoid the enemies. The first and most basic thing is that you can move in eight different directions, but there's more! There's more than eight directions? There's a brake button that is very useful when you are close to dive right into a wall or another flying object that would damage you R-Wing, but if you hit the brakes, then you will have much more time to avoid it. After a while, the R-Wing will go back at its regular speed. 
We are hitting all of them today. You can also use the L or R button to turn the R-Wing 90 degrees, which make it a lot easier to turn either left or right. Press the L or R button twice and you will do the famous barrel roll, which can be used to deflect almost all beams that the enemy shoots at you. There are a few power-ups in the game that you should look for. First of all is a small yellow triangle circles that you get when you kill some enemies that you just killed. Oh, Zylo, you make, you make my heart sing. When you drive through them, you increase some of the lost shield power on your R-Wing, which is very useful since driving right into a wall takes a lot of damage. And of course, it also takes damage when the enemy beams at you. Another similar power-up looks almost the same, but the triangles are gray instead of yellow and works as a checkpoint in the game, and this also lets you regain some of the shield power. If you die after you have driven through one of these, you will start there instead of at the beginning of the stage. You can also upgrade your own beam twice and then the game gets a lot easier and I think you don't lose your upgraded beam until you've messed up your R-Wing too much. Just like in all other space shooters, you can find bombs which can be used to blow up every that moves. Do not waste these as they are hard to find and can cause a lot of damage so they should only be used as a last resort. There's also a shield power-up that I really have no idea what it does except that it makes the R-Wing look like a spaceship from the arcade classic Asteroids. I think he means the invulnerability one? Starwing, Star Fox, is really impressive that it could work so well on the Super Nintendo, but it's not without its fault. Most of this, since the remake Lilat Wars on the Nintendo 64 was so much better than what makes some think that this game is unplayable today. Diagram that for me, would you? First of all, the graphic is somewhat impressive, but now that we have seen how 3D games can look, this looks really, really simple. There was a comma. One of the best things in Lilat Wars was how Fox communicate with his teammates, but in this game all they do is to ask you to shoot the enemy that's right behind them. And well, the game isn't nearly as fun to play. But let's forget that Lilat Wars was ever made and look at what this game really is. It's a new type of space shooter where you don't have the same control as in 2D shooters. There are very few power-ups, but the game still feels so different compared to everything else on the system which makes it stand out. And yes, it's still possible to have fun playing this game. You hear that, Officer? Zylo says it's fun. I believe him. Rating 3.5. <sighs> Thanks, Zylo. Somebody, if you could... Oh, he's still active. I want to send him a message. I think I should. What's my login at GameFAQs? There we go. Save. Uh, send a PM to Xylo the Wolf. Electric leftovers. Xylo, my man. I cannot thank you enough for all of the great reviews you have done. I do a podcast and I read some of your reviews every chance I get and I really appreciate all the time and work you put into them. We do have a little fun with um how do you want to say this your speech patterns as you are Oops, are from Europe. 
but it's all in good fun. There are a couple of people I always go to for reviews for the show. Because they're usually terrible. Yours, I almost always agree with. Uh, and they bring me joy to read over the air. Thanks so much. Do a barrel roll. Jason XO XO XO. Send that PM. Roll that beautiful bean footage. I think something's wrong with the news. <laughs> so, last week we had lead story foul. This week, there's no lead story. This is how it starts. Uh, it's not even the beginning of a sentence. Um, it starts, right thumb on the TikTok app on August 24th, reported Metro News. There's no reason it's so big, just an anomaly, Pina posted. I feel great about it. It's always great to be different and embrace your own essence. Pina has gained 145,000 followers on the... That's your headline. 
Desperate Housewife. The Botox RNMD spa in Sugarland, Texas, was the scene of a breaking and entering caught on camera on August 23rd, but police are still looking for the slim, youthful-looking culprit. Surveillance video shows a woman testing the locked doors of the spa that evening, the Associated Press reported, then returning with a Mercedes SUV with a battery-powered grinding saw. We call that a grinder. After cutting through the clinic's front door, she took an undisclosed amount of anti-aging products and drove away. It's the Wasp Woman. Clearly, look up the movie. Weird Science. A day of fishing on Lake Champlain became more memorable than most when Debbie Geeds of Plattsburgh, goodness, uh, New York, reeled in a trout worthy of a social media storm. It had two mouths. Uh, what did I say her name was? Geddes and her husband were fishing in mid-August when the unusual catch took the bait. WPTZ reported. Geddes's co-worker Adam Facto posted pictures to Facebook and said he's heard many theories about what caused the fish's deformity, including that it's an offspring of the lake's famed monster, Champy. What kind of monster is named Champy? It's like the god beast, god monster from whatever. Geddes threw a trout back after snapping some photos. Okay. Did they both work? Cuteness overload about a dozen service dogs in Ontario, Canada, took in a performance of Billy Elliot, the musical in August, as part of their training through the Canine Country Inn Working Service Dogs Organization. When the actors took their curtain call, nary a whimper or a quiet wolf could be heard. Music to the ears of head trainer Laura McKenzie. During such a performance, dogs are trained to sit under the seat or at their handler's feet. But McKenzie told CNN that a few of the dogs peeked over the seats to see the action on stage. Dogs are also exposed to subways, zoos, and crowded fairs during their training. You will like people, you will! Ew! Firefighters near Estacada, Oregon, rescued a woman on August 20th who had been trapped in a septic tank on her rural property, possibly for two or three days. The unidentified woman, not unnamed, unidentified, who lives alone couldn't alert neighbors of her predicament because they live out of shouting range. Her daughter found her after becoming concerned that she was unable to reach her mother for four days. Firefighters told KATU that work appeared to be being done on the tank, a hole had been dug exposing the tank, which had a rusted two by two foot hole in its lid. The woman had apparently fallen through the hole and was lying in sewage with her face just above the surface when rescuers got to her. They did not see any visible injuries on her, but she was transported to a hospital in Portland. What kind of work... Uh, how many of you are familiar with septic tanks? I don't know a thing or two. The hole in the top should not be big enough for a person to fall through. Not on any of the ones I've seen. It's maybe six inches, maybe ten inches tops. It's not a small hole, but big enough for a person? I don't, I don't know. I mean, it was a rusted two-by-two-foot hole in the lid, I guess. But a tank's not supposed to do that. So who knows? Crime report. Nicholas Redmond, 32, of Philadelphia, had a productive August as an employee of Macy's at the King of Prussia Mall in Pennsylvania. Not because he sold a lot of merchandise, but because, according to police, he told them he stole about $12,000 in cash from the retailer. His run came to a halt on August 25th when the security system alerted police to an intruder in the store. Around 4.30 a.m., authorities found Redmond hiding in the first floor ceiling, clutching $7,000. Upper Marion Township Police Lieutenant Brendan Browsness told WPVI his officers were very shocked. They just couldn't believe somebody had gone up to that length to hide from them. Redmond was arraigned and held in jail, failing to post a $10,000 cash bond. This is, this is, okay. 
real talk here for a minute. This is something I think you gotta push for in in big big money cases. Like this is big money to most everybody I know. Twelve thousand dollars. You stole twelve thousand dollars. You're being held on less bond than the amount you stole. Double that. So you stole twelve. Your bond's twenty-four. You, uh, Wells Fargo, how much money did you guys make off of scamming people on accounts? Your fine is double that. There ain't no sense in having a fine that's 10% of the total amassed from the, the behavior, right? That's what I think. A Pennsylvania state appellate court has ruled against Stephen Kirchner, who was convicted in a lower court, for disorderly conduct in 2018 by pointing his finger like a gun at a neighbor. In June of that year, KDK reported Kirchner was walking past a neighbor's home in Manor, Pennsylvania, when the neighbor made an obscene gesture with his hand. Kirchner responded by making a shooting gun gesture with his own hand. A witness called 911, and the unnamed neighbor told police he felt extremely threatened. Kirchner argued that his gesture was not a hazard, but the appeals court disagreed. Finger guns are now against the law. Real guns are not. Figure that one out. Welcome to America. We need a National Finger Gun Association, apparently, to uh, lobby people in Congress and have the president's number on speed dial. Weird fetish Sebring, Florida resident Gary Van Ricewick, 74, has been charged with practicing medicine without a license following a bizarre incident in his home. According to the arrest report, Highland County Sheriff's deputies responded to a 911 hang-up call on August 18th. We're told by Van Ricewick he had just removed the testicles of a man he'd met on a website for those who have a fetish for castration. Officers found a 53-year-old man from Tampa, uh, from the Tampa area laying on a bed holding a towel to his groin with said body parts in a jar nearby, BuzzFeed reported. The victim was flown to Tampa for medical treatment. Police also found a surgery room set up in the house with metal equipment and a camera to record the procedures. Investigator San Van Ryswick told them he had bought painkillers from England and admitted to performing the surgery on at least one other man and on bulls and other animals while living on a farm growing up. He also said he removed one of his own testicles in 2012, but his most recent procedure went wrong when the patient bled profusely, making it difficult for Van Ryswick to suture the wounds. For now, he's facing second-degree felony charges and a $250,000 bond. So this goes back to what I was talking about. Like a guy stole $12,000 from Macy's, right? And you know, I I get Macy's ton of money. Who cares? Uh he gets fined 10,000 for stealing 12. This guy Like people came to him and said, "Hey, how would you feel about a little procedure with me here?" And he's like, yeah, okay. I don't know. Anger management. In Hudson, Florida, Pasco County deputies arrested 46-year-old Keith Mounts on a felony aggravated assault charge after he allegedly threatened an unnamed man with a machete. A sheriff's office spokesperson said the two men were at the victim's home on August 24th when Mounts used the bathroom and didn't flush when the victim called him on it. The suspect threatened to chop him, according to Newsweek. The arrest report said officers found the machete in the yard and Mounts told him he was using it to defend himself, but he couldn't say from what. He did provide a written statement simply saying, S. And then there's a space, and then in heading format, T happened, 
Touche. Uh, editors. Editors. Should I? We'll, we'll get to that. Alright, uh, Bright Idea. If you've experienced one or more flat tires in Sherburne County, Minnesota over the last few weeks, News of the Weird is now able to tell you why. Jeffrey Scott Cowett, 63, of Elk River, admitted to authorities in late August that he had purchased 55 pounds of sheetrock screws, that's more than 12,000 screws, and scattered them on local roads to slow down a person he believed was in a relationship with his ex-girlfriend. Specifically, KSTP reported he put the screws on the road where he believed the man lived and on the roads between that house and the ex-girlfriend's house, among others. The arrest complaint notes that Big Lake police have received more than 100 reports of damage from the screws, including to three other own vehicles. Cowett was charged with first-degree property damage. Here's the... Uh, like, what do you do? <laughs> Like, were you doing it just to be a nuisance? Or was was there a bigger plan there? Anyway, great art. In downtown Kitchener, Ontario, Canada, someone left a plate of macaroni and cheese, complete with fork, sitting atop a steel road barrier on August 27th, which caught the interest of a Reddit poster. They're very easily to influence those Reddit posters. No one knew where it came from or if someone would be back to retrieve it, but a day later, an anonymous citizen made it into an art installation, reported CTV News, by adding a museum-like tag beside it. Abandoned Snack 2019. Macaroni and sun-dried tomato on ceramic. Unknown artist, reads the bookard. Christie's, are you listening? Where is Canadian television? We're very clever. So that was horrendous. <laughs> that was a mess of news. Ladies and gentlemen, that is going to do it for this week's episode of Electric Leftovers. I hope you had a nice time listening. 
I hope you enjoyed the show as I hope you do every week. Uh, you can find all of the videos and everything we talk about here on the show over at lowbiasgaming.net where you can also find old episodes of the show. You can find all the soundtracks we talk about in the forums, the music you listen to, things like that. And if you would like to kick in a couple of bucks to the tip jar, you can do so at patreon.com slash Jason's Groove Machine. And uh, it helps the show. It helps me anyway, uh, which I, I guess I am the show, aren't I? Unfortunate for everybody. Uh, we have a Discord server. If you are not part of it but would like to be, please feel free to join us. Discord.gg slash H, capital E, capital H, 72, capital J, N. And uh, we'll see you then. See you there. Have a good week. Um, keep cool, man. Keep cool. Brought to you by... Electric Leftovers is a low-bias gaming production. Low-bias gaming. We play games.